The DI Guys Podcast was created to share the best ideas, strategies, and concepts so you can have conversations to help you exponentially grow your DI sales. While they may have lost their hair, they have not lost their minds. Here are the DI Guys, Chris Carlson and Mike Cogdo. This is Chris Carlson, and welcome to this episode of the DI Guys podcast. We hope you had the opportunity to join us for the 2020 DI Summit. It was an amazing event with great presentations. In this episode, we want to replay the carrier panel that I moderated. We hope you enjoy the replay. So what we're going to do now is we're going to turn it over to a carrier panel. We got some esteemed guests. And so if I can get Steve and Steve Becker, Michael Prothy, Kevin Christensen, and Jill Frohart to turn on their cameras and microphones. Jill, how are you doing today? Doing great, Chris. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Michael Prothy, uh, Kansas City behind you. That's a great view out your back window. And so, Michael, I don't hear you right now. All right, Let me so try right to... now, Michael. Okay, there you go. Now am I better? Yep, I got you. And then, Steve, are you there? I'm here. Yeah, uh, thank, thanks, thanks Chris. Steve. And then uh, Kevin Christensen. I'm here, buddy. I think it says that you need to turn my video on, but I, I applaud your efforts to hide me. Thank you. Oh, man. <laughs> you know better than that, Kevin. All right. All right, there we go. Thanks, Kevin. Okay, well, first of all, I want to thank each one of you, not only for agreeing to participate in, t in the conference as, as panelists, but also thanks for your support as a sponsor, because without you guys, this none of this would have been possible. And so thank you very much. So what I'm going to do is ask you some questions, and I'll kind of just start with a different person on each question so we don't have uh, the, the same person starting every time. So, uh, Steve, I'm going to start with you. Uh, question, what's the biggest challenges that COVID-19 has created for the principal? Yeah, um, thanks for the question, Chris, and, and thanks for giving us the opportunity to, to be a part of this panel and, and uh, terrific um, um, conference that you guys have put on. Um, so thank you very much for that. Great participation, great speakers, and, um, and some tremendous content. Um, challenges for principal, uh, if you think about the the economic uh, fallout, if you will, uh, the changes in equity markets um, having a pretty significant uh, impact on revenues and then correspondingly on expenses. And with all of that, we've we just have to take a closer look at the things that we're doing and the priorities that we're placing on certain um, on certain projects. A uh, little bit of disruption on some of our some of our larger projects, but they are all still continuing. I'd say uh, in the IDI business specifically, um, we were pretty well prepared for what's what's come about and we were able to adapt pretty quickly. Um, we had several employees that were already in a work from home situation or remote working uh, situation, or they, were, they had the equipment and the wherewithal to do that. Um, our team has done a tremendous job in terms of stepping up to address the challenges, the questions, the issues, the things that uh, help us keep the, uh, the wheels on the bus, so to speak, uh, from a underwriting and, and from an operational process perspective. And then finally, 
um, we feel like we're really well prepared from from the standpoint of uh, having a suite of tools that allow our our uh, distribution partners to to stay in business, um, even even having to work remotely, which some of them already did in the first place. But we were uh, we felt we were in a really good good spot uh, to to meet up to some of those challenges. Great, thanks, Steve. Jill, how about you? What are the challenges the standard has faced? Yeah, so I would echo a lot of what Steve said, and, and also if I could take a minute too to just thank you for for having us uh, on this panel, for having us part of this event. I think it's it's awesome what you guys have done here to put on this event for the industry in the month of May and make this available to everyone. So applaud those efforts, and so thank you uh, as well from the standard. So I would say I'd echo a lot of what Steve says. Um, you know, and it's interesting that, that we were also very well positioned to be able to handle these challenges and handle moving to a fully remote environment very quickly within the span of a week, moving an entire company to a remote environment with really um, no blips in uh, access, service, et cetera, um, has been very good. From additional challenges uh, standpoint that I would mention, in addition to what Steve has said, is one of the biggest challenges for us is clearly this has had a significant impact on many of our policyholders as well as prospective clients. And so we as carriers have had to adapt at somewhat of a record pace to this changing environment. Now, it's been a really good thing in a lot of ways, in a lot of um, aspects that it's forced us to look at doing business a little bit differently, to changing some of our temporary underwriting guidelines, to evolve how we're um, actually accessing information to making underwriting decisions. So that's all been a really, really positive uh, impact of it. But the challenge has been how fast we have to evolve and how quickly we have to make these decisions in an environment where there's still so much that we just don't know. Um, having to make those decisions quickly and decidedly to make sure that we're supporting our distribution partners and that we remain flexible to help our clients keep and get income protection coverage. Great. Thanks, Jill. Michael Prothy, what are the challenges at Mutual of Omaha, uh, given the fact that not only you're trying to do current business, but you're in the process of rolling out a new product? That's a great point. And, and to, to, to Jill and Steve's point, again, just saying thank you for, for the opportunity to participate. And, and I think the, the biggest challenge that we were faced with goes to what Jill had said was the speed at which all of this took place that one day we're on the road, we're traveling, and then the next week the home office has been uh, repurposed into a virtual type. And and I think the reaction uh, by Mutual of Omaha has, has been wonderful, as well as it has been with all the other carriers, that, that if you would have said uh, this was going to be possible to not have an interruption of business uh, in that way, I think that would be uh, you know, a surprise to all of us, but it's been a pleasant surprise. In regard to how we have been, you know, continuing to work with our with our new product, that's one of those things where the virtual uh, meeting space has not interrupted that process at all. And and the fact uh, that our team has been able to continue to keep a schedule uh, that, that had been put forth long before this had started uh, is a testament to them and the work that they're doing. And, and so that's been a pleasant surprise. Great. Thanks, Michael. Kevin, what challenges has Illinois Mutual faced, if any? Yeah, I mean, I'd like to echo the same thing that uh, Jill, Stephen, Michael said. But, uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's a huge challenge, especially for uh, middle market. But also, you know, we're, we're in Peoria, in P-Town, Illinois. We're not necessarily in Portland, Omaha, or Des Moines. But it was amazing to have uh, literally 95% of our home office people 
uh, our IT departments and our HR and other committees got them out of the office uh, working from home seamlessly, like to Jill's point, within a week. And just that speed to market, which we've always tried to pride ourselves on as, but, and, and, and keep up the, and maintain the service that we provide to our uh, customers, whether they're agents or policyholders, was awesome. And uh, just the way that the company and like all the other carriers had to change and uh, really adapt because the key is we needed to, to, to maintain that connection that we have with our policyholders and our agents where uh, we pride ourselves on with our relationships and the way we connect and to have to adapt from in-person and uh, over the phones to virtual was really seamless. So I think the biggest challenge was, uh, was the weekend prior thinking, how are we going to do this? But it was amazing to see us come to light. To Jill's point, what, what, what I was, I'm, it's exciting for the future is how quick we have developed different items, whether it be e-policy delivery, things like that, where within weeks, within a couple of weeks, as opposed to months or years, just because we have to uh, provide the service for our agents. So it's been interesting and exciting how quick to market we've been able to, to come up with things. And, uh, to me, it makes it exciting for the future. Great. So my next question is for everybody is going to be, how big of an impact will COVID-19 have on your original sales forecast if you've been able to determine that? So, Jill, I'd like to start with you. Yeah, that's a good question, Chris. And I really wish that uh, the Magic 8-Ball could answer that one for us. But uh, it, it's tough and it's somewhat of a guessing game. You know, the difficult thing about anticipating what this is going to do, the impact that it'll have from a sales perspective is that we don't really have anything to benchmark this against. You know, you can look at 2008, but it was a completely different environment and not nearly the economic and the widespread impact that this COVID situation is having. So I guess I'll, I'll set it up with that, that it's tough to know. It's a developing environment. We don't know how long this is going to persist, but we anticipate that it's going to have an impact at least for the next couple of years. This is not going to be just a, a quick third quarter. We're going to bounce back and things are going to return to normal. So to answer that a little bit more specifically, um, we're certainly going to see an impact. Uh, year to date, we have not yet, but of course, it's going to be a little bit of a lingering impact just based on cycle times, especially on the fully underwritten side. And what we're going to see is going to vary also uh, by markets. Uh, physicians are going to behave differently than business owners, than white collar executives. So you're going to see a little bit of variance based on the, the buyer demographic where you won't see quite as much impact with physicians, but we're certainly seeing uh, an impact with business owner clients that those sales have virtually dropped off on the fully underwritten side. Um, with GSI, our employer market product, that's also a product that's going to be a little bit, or an underwriting program, excuse me, that's going to be a little bit more hard hit because as we look at the employee benefits space, what we're seeing is uh, HR managers just holding on to the benefits that they've got. You know, HR managers are dealing with potentially having to furlough employees. Not a lot of companies are bringing on new As soon as I finished, Crosby so, keeps bringing the ball to me and putting, I'm at the dining room table. <laughs> so there is a, uh, there is a continued focus with benefits managers on just keeping their current, uh, current benefits in place and not adding anything additional. But as I guess I just think about the sales impact overall, yes, we're certainly going to see a little bit of a decline. When I look at submit volume on the underwritten side, that's down maybe 15, 20%. So it's not drastic at this point, but it'll be a little bit hard to see. Uh, well, it'll be interesting to see how this continues to evolve. We hope that that stays pretty steady and we have a somewhat tempered impact to this current environment, but 
I think for all of us, it's going to be a little bit of a wait and see approach. Yeah, I think it goes to what Steve Miller said earlier today about, you know, that cautious approach, that one to two year, what's going to happen. So thank you for those comments, Jill. Michael Prothy, we got your video back on. Um, same question. Uh, what impact have you guys thinking about in terms of sales as a result of this? Now, Michael, we can't hear you. How about now? I got you. Now I have video and sound. You got it. So as far as from a sales perspective, it's it's not anything that we've had a revision of or, or see that it's going to be a, a downturn on. It's more of here's our current environment. I don't want excuses. I want results. So now we go find where are those individuals going to be at that are going to start to sell and to represent the disability product. And so I think that's where our opportunity is at is finding not just the, the consumers to bring an awareness to it, but also that's what makes this summit such a great uh, concept and idea is, is just letting agents know that here is an opportunity and this is the time to strike while the iron is hot. So let's go capitalize on it. So we haven't made any revisions to them as of yet and it's, it's going to be full state ahead. Great. Kevin, how about Illinois Mutual? Yeah, um, it, it's definitely going to make an impact, especially in the, the middle market. I mean, what's, what's really encouraging is uh, like Steve's earlier presentation, you know, and that managers, middle markets is, is the big trend. I mean, the, the big thing, like, and uh, Jill was spot on, like this is different. I know a lot of people are trying to compare this to 2008. There's a little difference and uh, because of, uh, of why and things like that. But the reason, but I'm, I'm excited for the why. Because to me, like the big, you know, I've learned from the greats, like you, Mr. Carlson and Todd, you know, that it's, you know, the number one objection is always what it won't happen to me, right? Well, the, the, if anything, this, this, this is allowing people to see that sickness does prevent work in one other. So that the awareness is huge. And that's, to Michael's point, that, that we have to take advantage of this. I mean, the big thing is that, sure, we have to deal with empathy and service. I mean, the middle market, I can tell you right now, it, it's already shown signs just this last week of encouragement, meaning for a while there, you know, with the stay-at-home orders, it was in our market, either people weren't working, obviously they weren't eligible for coverage, or the ones that were, were deemed essential, and they were at capacity. Um, I know that my brother and father own a moving company, a moving business, and um, they they could be busier than ever, but it was just hard to find people and uh, it, it, to work and things like that. But now that things are opening up across the country, we're seeing applications just yesterday from hairdressers, stylists, uh, people that have actually been asking for coverage because of what they've seen this last month. Now want it, they're back to work and they're applying for it. And uh, the, to me, this is to, it, it will take time, but this is a huge opportunity for us to not have to constantly be talking about stats and awareness and things like that. Great point. Thank you, Kevin. Steve, what about the principal? Yeah, we, you know, we, we came off a record sales year in 2019 um, and our forecast for 20 was built on that new higher level, of course. Right. Folks. Um, we're, uh, we are bracing for a bit of fall off in sales relative to 19. Um, but honestly, as Joel said, um, so far, we're not seeing it. Um, we've got some occupational classes that are doing extremely well, and in fact, up over previous years. We've got many of our distribution relationships that are telling us they're having their very best year. Um, 
this year. So um, there's a there's a yin and a yang to this, right? There there's an economic reality that's going to keep some folks out of this market, um, but there are those that that continue to understand the the, the value and maybe have a heightened to, to Kevin's point a heightened uh, degree of of understanding of the need for what we have to offer. Um, beyond that, I think again many are capitalizing on the tools and the resources that we make available to make um, make sales happen in a in a time when they might not otherwise be happening. So um, all told, um, we're you know we're optimistic. Uh, we've got a good track. We're not fooling ourselves into believing that it's uh, that it's going to stay this way. But um, I, I think the I think the future looks pretty bright, honestly. Right. Uh, my next question is certainly at some point we're going to get to what people are determining as the new normal. And it's a guess for any of us when that new normal is going to take place. But my question to each of you, and I'm going to start with, uh, with, with Michael, is um, are you going to do anything different, either in terms of underwriting or marketing or anything like that, uh, when we get to that new normal? Well, it's, a, it's a great question. And I think the, the thing that we've been focusing on and, and one of the, the colleagues that I work with is that the market's going to give us some grace in this, in this 30, 60, 90 day period of time as we're making some adaptations. But the real mark for us is going to be uh, the new normal is not becoming satisfied with what has been done in the past and thinking it's okay just because we've had sales numbers. The, the way that we're going to be judged as carrier, carriers is going to be, what do you look like in six months as compared to before? And so I think each one of us you know, did, has talked already about the speed and the pace of things that have been ri uh, rising up the priority list. And we can all put up air quotes about resources uh, that, that are to dedicated projects. And now all at once, these types of delivery options, underwriting options, those types of things are, are are being going straight up the, the 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 importance list from a from a company wide perspective. So for us to be able to add a a positive impact to the sales of each of the companies of which we represent, uh, I think that's going to be the new normal. You know, is to not be able to just settle for what has been done in the past and think that we're okay with it. Great, Kevin. What about uh, what about Illinois Mutual? Anything going to be doing going to come out of this? Yeah, I mean the the good news is uh, we've been. Um, you know, for years, uh, 110 years, uh, you know, being a drum for hardworking middle Americans. And uh, now the, the country's even, even saying that uh, they're, they're, I love it that they're calling it deeming them essential, if you will. So I think it's a big thing of empathy, but at the same time celebrating them and, and making them understand how important they are to our economy moving forward. And we're there to protect them. I mean, that, that's the, the main thing I think to change. We need change, Chris. I mean, if you look at this, Thank you that Michaels has a, uh, I think that's the city of Omaha in the background because um, the rest of us are all have gray basements, it looks like. I mean, there hasn't been much change in the DI world, Chris, as you know. So a new normal, even though I hate that phrase, I guess, but we need something new. And uh, this, this added awareness and celebration for the middle market, which I love, you know, I'm a third generation insurance guy, Chris, you know that, you know, my grandpa went door to door selling to the people that need it the most. And, uh, now we're deeming them essential and celebrating them. So I think that's what we're doing at Only Mutual is uh, we always have it going forward is really further that. That's great. Steve, principal going to do anything different as we come out of this? 
You know, I think it's really going to be a continuation of the things that we've been working on pre-COVID and, and through COVID, um, maybe with a higher degree of emphasis on those things that are going to make it easier to do business with us. Um, you know, I'm talking about the digital capabilities that we have. I, I, I we're talking about um, the process and the experience that we put our advisors and our brokers and, and um, agents through to uh, complete, um, you know, complete the application process and get clients insured. Um, you know, uh, we've we got a lot of things in flight. We've got things that we're going to be introducing. Uh, just in, in fact, within the next couple of weeks, we, we expect to be able to uh, introduce the capability for completion of the Part B of the application in an online fashion. So they don't have to wait for the tele-app counselor to call them back. Um, so we've got some, some good things going from the standpoint of things that were already in flight, but probably going to accelerate the, the, um, the, the uh, completion of many of those projects that have been in flight. Yeah, Steve, that's a, that's a great point. And I think the theme that we have heard on this uh, conference is the acceleration of different initiatives and projects. So I think you know, if there's a silver lining in some of this, uh, and, and obviously it's been a tragedy for lots of people and lots of families and businesses, this is a great example. Jill, how about the standard? Uh, anything new going to come out of this? You know, I really have to echo a lot of what my uh, contemporaries have said about it's, it's not really that we're doing things differently. It's just an acceleration of the things that we're already doing. Um, you know, the silver lining, again, is that it's forcing us to think a little bit differently, and I see that continuing. A big part of our roadmap for the next three years already was investing into technology and process, improving the speed and ease of doing business, and improving the customer experience. That was a big part of what we were already doing. And so none of that is changing, but I think it just continues to accelerate that. You know, the other thing that is, uh, I think is gonna change for business just overall is how we interact and how we do business. That, I mean, can you imagine doing a DI day this way if you rewind 90 days ago? Can you imagine that we would have 600 people on a, on a webinar doing a DI day? And that's become the new normal for us. So I don't think face-to-face -face interaction is ever going to be, well, true face-to-face in-person uh, interaction will ever be replaced. But I think this has also allowed us to use some alternate tools that some of these practices will continue, that will interact with our distribution partners more with video conferences in addition to some of the face-to-face -face visits. And I know that that goes obviously beyond, uh, beyond just impacts of our sales team. But I think we'll continue to see things change, just how we do business. And I think it's been a really, uh, while this has, to your point, been very devastating for a lot of individuals and had an impact on everybody, regardless of your situation, it has been a good catalyst for change. Great, thanks. Um, okay, I wanna get off of the COVID-19 situation and I'm gonna start with Kevin with this question. And it's something that has been asked for many, many years, many, many years. So Kevin, you got the big challenge here, buddy, is how are we going to be able to get more agents and advisors to be talking and selling income protection? I think uh, right now taking advantage of this opportunity, um, the big thing that, uh, how do I say this? I think that I've, you know, I've learned so much like from a lot of these people probably on, well, definitely on the panel, but on the call, um, like um, not to give Mike too much credit, but um, I've adapted what I've with agents too and partners, uh, basically calling them out on, if they're really a trusted advisor, 
how can they literally say that if they're not selling DI? Or, you know, my, my, I love it when Mike says, my, do my, my, my daughters aren't going to have a spaghetti dinner. From I'm going to protect that. Okay. But I think that, you know, you have to combine and then go forward with producers, meaning you have to go the next step. I mean, it's, it, the difference is it's, 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 it's more than just telling producers that they have to ask, if that makes sense. And I think especially now, I think with the way that, um, I mean, we need to take advantage that uh, we have one generation that went through the great, the great recession. Now we're having a completely different generation go through this. I think we have to deal with empathy, but we literally, it's not about just finding thirsty horses. We need to literally lead them to the water and tell them how to get there and everything. Meaning, um, I think they get the fact, the good ones that they have to ask, but we have to tell them what to say, uh, what, what to say when a client says this, even if matters if a client asks too many questions move on to the next one if that makes sense so i think the big thing that to get more producers out there um uh, i mean uh, uh, sure there's products that we need to do we have to we have to have products that are, are more geared toward the gig economy and things like that but we need to have empathy and service and always at the end of the day and i think here's where we're going to have a big opportunity for or producers have it and uh, i keep giving shout outs but a credit to uh uh, one of my mentors, George Davidson, is never, I remember I learned this wholesaling 101, never call George or any GA and say, hey, I'm going to be in town. Can I come talk to your team? Um, without telling him why I'm going to be there and how I provide value. I mean, I'm never going to show up there and say, what do you want me to talk about, George? And, and the way that you provide value for someone like that or even an advisor is show them how they can make money. And right now, that's what they're looking for. Is every, every sales business is looking for that. If you read it in the paper, it's all about profitability, how to be more profitable. And DI has everything. The, the uh, pros, Chris, you always talk about the prospects are uh, limitless. Uh, it's the most persistent product. Uh, the, the, there's never been a better time for more products, comp, everything like that. So we can really show um, how profitable they can be. And I think that's going to help with uh, case studies and things like that. Um, really show them how they can really move the needle and really, really increase their value right now where they're looking for ways to make money and be profitable. And also talking about combo solutions. If you look at anything, like even if you look at the food service, the companies right now, um, Schwann's and all those places that deliver, what they're seeing more than ever is people buying more than milk or people buying more than that. So the more products you can sell to one client, the better. I mean, Jamie was awesome talking about GIOs. If people aren't taking advantage of that right now, they're crazy. Um, but I just think that if we do uh, empathy, you know, service, really train the agents and help them, uh, show them how profitable and valuable this could be, as well as showing how that they, with their current book, um, they don't have to look very far. But I think that we need to do, uh, everybody says back to training, but really, really, uh, really detailed training, Chris, is what I think we need. Great, great comment. Steve, how about you? What, what are your thoughts in terms of how do we get more advisors and agents to be writing disability insurance and income protection? Uh, kind, of, kind of going back to some earlier comments uh, on the part of everyone, uh, we first have to make sure that the process for folks getting into this business is, is, uh, is easier than it is today. Um, so while we're working on that, we just have to be more persistent, more consistent in our in our working with advisors who serve clients that have income protection needs, um, highlighting the needs, showing the benefits, showing how it fits as a part of a broader comprehensive financial plan, and then do what the shampoo bottle tells you to do, you know, rinse and repeat. 
we we uh, we're, we're woefully um, understaffed, I think, as an industry when it comes to the communication of messages like uh, we need to convey. But we just need to be uh, very dogged in our determination to get to those that have those clients. Um, so make it easier and just be very persistent and consistent. Great. Jill, how about you? What, what are your thoughts on getting more agents and advisors to write DI? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd echo, no surprise, I'll, I'll echo everyone else's comments, because I, I think it does, it comes down to the two things, education and ease of process. People have to be informed, they have to understand the need and the importance of both selling DI and also protecting their income. So it's education from a producer standpoint, as well as the customer standpoint. Uh, you know, we've been saying this as an industry for so many years, but it still rings true that it's just lack of awareness is one of our biggest issues to getting more people selling and buying this product. Um, so I think training and education is key. Um, helping understand, or, or sorry, helping advisors uh, understand also, and I can't remember if it was uh, Kevin or Steve that mentioned this specifically, but the, uh, the, the income too from an advisor that they can earn selling this product. DI is an extremely persistent product. Um, historically, even times of financial downturn, it tends to be a very persistent product and you can build a really nice somewhat passive income off of this product. So beyond education, selling IDI and helping producers understand why they should be selling it, how it can differentiate them as an advisor, and also the business that they can build is our, our messages that we need to continue to convey to advisors. And then uh, as Steve mentioned the process perspective. I mean, that's extremely important that we need to continue working on evolving this buying process to a point where it's relatively quick and painless. Um, you know, we've discussed a lot of technology, electronic end-to-end -end processes, and I think just continuing to evolve that to where it's a simple product to sell um, from a process standpoint, there's not surprises, there's not this 50 day cycle time to get a policy put in place is going to attract more to actually sell this product. And if more are selling, more are going to be buying because we've got the message out there. So it's, it's simple, but it's not easy, unfortunately. And to Steve's point, we're just gonna have to be doggedly persistent um, in, in our pursuit of making sure that uh, producers and customers potential customers are aware of the need for and, and how to purchase this product. Great. Thank you, Joe. Michael, same question. You know, for, for us, and, and again, I think we can all you know, agree that, you know, we want just more people talking about it. And, and part of what we're trying to do, and, and Chris, you mentioned, you know, we're in the development process of a, of a new product and, and we're looking to launch in, in third quarter, but the product is a product but a lot of what we're trying to do is, is just incorporate, not just for a consumer, but for the agents of which are going to ask this question to, we hope every one of their prospects and clients is to let them, the agents do it when they want, where they want, how they want, and be able to deliver that to their clients when they want, where they want, how they want. And again, from, from our perspective, my perspective at least is, is that the, the carriers on this call, they're, I, I don't know that I view any of them as direct competition because there's more than enough business out there. My competition is in the area of the budget dollars I'm trying to compete with, the mobile technology, the home technology, those types of things. And, and that's where with the loss of income, unfortunately, by a number of individuals in, during this time period, that that is, is very much at the, the forefront and the attention of individuals out there in the marketplace, that is your income important to you? Yes, clearly. 
because we're seeing this PPP, this Paycheck Protection Program. There are people that are getting upset because they don't have a check from a week, a two week. You know, these are the kinds of things that we just need to be able to, to again, reinforce that that's the business that we're in. Feel good about it. Love it. Live it. Shout it from the mountaintop that what we're doing is an important part of it. And I think that's the part where, from a carrier perspective, from our from our BGA partners, is, is that passion and conviction behind, that's how we're going to sell more of it. And, and, I, and while I agree with Kevin to say, you know, it's not all about just telling more people, but just being okay and being proud of the fact that this is the business that we're in. Great. I have one last question, and then Mike Cogwell, you might have a question or two you want to throw in here. So here's my last question. I'm going to start with Steve. Steve, what excites you most about the next three years in the DI industry? Um, good, really good question. I think there's a lot to be excited about. I think it's just the, the, the reality that we've got a huge opportunity. Um, we've got a, a vast unprotected um, marketplace out there. We've got emerging distribution opportunities uh, we've got new technology that that will will help us all with respect to, um, you know, bringing more people into the fold and and serving more client needs. Um, it's uh, uh, to Steve Miller's uh, presentation earlier. I think he did a fantastic job, kind of teeing up the whole, you know, look at the industry today. Uh, we believe what he's saying that this is this is a very very good time for this industry. It's it's profitable. We've got new entrants coming into the into the marketplace. Um, we have new sources of distribution from those on the on the very traditional end of the spectrum to those on the purely digital end of the spectrum. And there's a thousand points in between that uh, will give us an opportunity uh, collectively to grow this business. So I'm I'm real excited. Um, I again, you know, there's some things that daunt me, and that that they go to the to the uh, the place I was talking earlier about the fact that we we have so few ambassadors in this business out there t talking to um, those that hold the key to income protection needs for their clients, but um, but I think there's there's a, a good number of ways that uh, that we can we can overcome the fact that we don't have you know thousands on the street uh, singing the praises of this uh, of this need. Great comments, Jill. What excites you the next three years in the DI world? Yeah, a lot of the same that Steve just mentioned. Um, number one, and I think Kevin talked about this, that you know we don't capitalize on tragedy by any stretch, but this pandemic really has brought to light for many. Um, they don't have to imagine what it's like to live without an income. Unfortunately, many are living without an income or have seen impact to their income. So this current environment, I think, has really brought to light the need for income protection. And so I think that we've, we've got an opportunity here. And as evidenced by this current environment, there's clearly a need for what we do. And that is something that persists into the future. I mean, even more so even than today. Um, what's really exciting, too, is, as Steve mentioned, how we continue to adapt, you know, adapt our sales process. We've been investing in the Technology Foundation to streamline underwriting processes, uh, improve adaptability, improve customer experience. And that's really exciting. And we're able to uh, even obtain information today much differently than we did just months ago. Uh, we're finding new data sources to be able to get the information that we need to make decisions on cases very quickly. So I think that continued, uh, even sped up adaptation of how we do business 
is really exciting and that's going to create additional opportunity for us. So the more awareness of the need as well as investment in tools to make the process easier, I think gives us a really great opportunity for growth in the future. And that's what excites me the most. Great. Thank you. Michael Prothy. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for the, the, the question, because from, from a mutual of Omaha perspective, uh, you know, for us, it's, 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 it's as close as 2020, like I said, third quarter, 2020, that's when we're looking to, to launch our new product. And, you know, we're a company of which has strength, name recognition. Uh, and we are, we're very excited about what uh, 2020 is going to hold. And, and the next three years, uh, you know, we anticipate to, to be able to, uh, you know, take a look at preservation and protection of our existing uh, book of business in that blue gray space, but also go into what uh, Steve Miller made reference to is that uh, uh, very populated space, but under penetrated space from a, uh, a manager perspective and, and just continuing to, to create some growth opportunities in that area. So for us, uh, we do have a lot of expectations out there. The work is, is ahead of us. However, uh, we're not going to, to let the circumstances of the current environment uh, slow us down. And you know, that's for us. We're, we're very excited about 2020, 2021 and uh, the near future. So looking forward to it. Great. Thanks. And Kevin? Yeah, I'm always excited, Chris. Uh, the, this is the, uh, but this is, I mean, and, and thank you, uh, Jill, for saying that, because I'm not, we're by no means taking advantage of the, uh, the tragedy, because uh, if anything, we need to have empathy with it right now. But at the same time, uh, all of us, all the carriers, we, we've, we've created processes that are better for our agents to, to, to sell this touch, this product that so many people need. And especially, you know, selfishly, I can say for the middle market, um, nurses, food service, food service workers, teach, teachers. I have four kids, and today was amazing that, that uh, we turned in all the Chromebooks and e-learning. <laughs> okay, so teachers, um, all those people are deemed essential, uh, but we're celebrating them now. They're not going to be ignored by our advisors. They know how important that is. And at the end of the day, this is making paychecks really cool to the consumer okay i mean we everybody on this call knows that paychecks are awesome but this is even making them more important for the consumer to realize how important it is and that they need to protect it so we have that solution for them it's just up to us then to uh so the agents be as excited as we are i mean we, we were we i mean we try to contain ourselves like steve does a great job of containing his excitement <laughs> i can't do that but uh we just got to get the agents pumped that's great. Mike Cogdell, any questions you want to ask the Sustain panel? No, Chris, I would just like to tell everybody, one, thank you for participating, not just the panel, but all people that participated in this meeting. Um, we did talk about technology, so I will leave you with one parting thought because we have gone over a couple minutes. There was a time before the fax machine that we still sold more disability insurance than we do today. That being said, I get technology and process is key. But I, for 30 years, I've said we need to educate, motivate, and compensate. I think we do a phenomenal job on number three, which is compensate. But I still think education and motivation will be the key to our success going forward for not just us that are over 20 years of age or 30, but for everybody in the future. Um, I think education is the key. And now is such a beautiful time. And with the help of our carrier partners, I think we can get a lot more people to understand using this time we have right now 
to, you know, not to preach, but to take this forward and continue it on through 2020, as Michael alluded to, third quarter, fourth quarter, and way into the future. And for that, I say thank you all for participating. Chris, back to you. And again, yeah. everybody that participated, thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, Jill, Michael, Steve, Kevin, again, twofold thanks. Thanks for your participation in the panel. Thanks for your participation as a sponsor. You guys rock. We really do appreciate it. And we want to thank everybody who listened and watched the uh, 2020 DI Summit over these three days. The, the panelists and the speakers were absolutely awesome. And as part of Disability Insurance Awareness Month, I, I, I really appreciate everybody's uh, contribution. And hopefully now what we need to do is have all of the producers, agents, and advisors go out there and you know tell the story, ask the questions, and so we can get a lot more people insured. Thank you, everybody, for everything you've done over the last three days.